0: This is the K-pop cast bringing you the best sounds and ideas in K-pop each week. I'm your host Stephanie.
1: I'm Gee Dragon.
0: And welcoming back to the podcast after way too long, it is Ashley Griffin. Woo woo woo. Thank you. Ashley, multifaceted ACG Griffin, is a digital content creator, writer, entrepreneur, and public speaker. She's a sought-after speaker and moderator who has collaborated on projects and events focused on community, cultural awareness, and more with various domestic and international companies and brands such as KCON USA. AEWEN.COM VS Entertainment slash MKF and GFN's K-Popular a radio show based in Gwangju South Korea we need to talk to you more about that that's dope what? <laughs> hey y'all thank you for having me I'm happy
2: to be back
0: <laughs> yes yes we cannot wait to dive in with you because this week is a deep dive into being an ethical consumer of K-pop especially problematic artists like J Park
1: but before we dive in, don't forget to join the K-pop cast community on Slack and sign up for hard-hitting editorial in our newsletter. Links to those in the episode description.
3: In my DNA. In my DNA.
0: In my DNA. Okay, so jumping right into our discussion. What's so bad about liking Jay Park and his music? I mean, Amr and I used J Park in our engagement video. Like, he's all over my playlists, honestly. So, today we're gonna talk a bit about J Park, whose username online is J Park is over party in a nod to his own cancellation. But really, he's just a high profile example to ground what is a broader discussion on ethical consumption which is an idea popularized in the media in the 1980s, mainly in the U.S. and the U.K., that through one's purchasing decisions, you can affect positive change in the world, a.k.a. vote with your dollar, dollar voting, ethical consumption. We're going to be breaking that down, interrogating that concept. Does it make sense? Nope. And how does it relate to K-pop? But getting back to J. Park himself, sigh Ashley Ammer, what makes J. Park controversial or hard to love? Why are we talking about him today?
2: What makes him controversial to the majority of consumers is the fact that he is a U.S.-born citizen who has an awareness of a variety of cultures and has made his way into South Korean entertainment and maximized on... U.S. culture experiences. I don't want to pigeonhole it and put it in this space where I'm specifically talking to my ethnic, my cultural background because it goes far beyond that. And he's just a fun person for people to pick on. And I'm not saying fun as a personal opinion. I'm simply saying that the <laughs> stats do not lie on social media. So <laughs> the <he's> ratios. A- <laughs> the ratios. So he's a fun person to pick on. Because he ultimately blazed a lane that had more relevance in terms of introducing hip hop to the wider consumption of South Korea. Than say that of YG Entertainment in its early days when you could literally turn the album around and see that it said we make black music or something Mm. along those lines. Mm -hmm. And the other side of it is that he has to play the fence very well and very carefully over there in South Korea to not grossly upset consumers so it's an interesting space for him to be in and people love to have something to be angry about so he just happens to be the long term flavor of the month
0: Mm -hmm. yeah anything specific come to mind for you
2: Amr
1: yeah I would add just that uh, I think Jay Park is a good example but it kind of happens with every K-pop idol at some point because they're all stealing (laughs) black music and black culture And at some point, they get called out for it. Usually they do something particularly egregious, which, you know, gets them to be called out. And then we kind of see the reaction and then it just kind of moves on. And so Jay Park recently, I think, had to really deal with it in a more mainstream way because he's kind of like Ashley was saying, found the sweet spot, kind of been flying under the radar. And then, uh, yeah, he got called out for his song DNA. In My DNA. I don't know the title of it, actually. Yeah, DNA <laughs>
0: Remix. Mm-hmm. DNA
1: Remix. And uh, yeah, his response, like the song is obviously racially appropriative, but then his response was just really bad and uh, very dismissive and just kind of showed his true colors. And I think that kind of uh, made things a lot worse for, for his brand. But of course, you know, relatively speaking, he'll just move on and it'll get swept up in the news cycle.
0: Thank you for that. There's a litany of examples that seem to come up on Twitter and, like, reemerge. <laughs> um, I, I just just yesterday, I saw someone I follow on Twitter say, like, you know, what, do, what what did Jay Park do now? You know, I don't even know what he did, but I'm going to pile on. I'm going to jump on because <laughs> if, if there's a reason to hate Jay Park, like, I'm in it. And then there's, like, a thousand retweets of that. I was like, dang, wow, okay. So then, what are fans and listeners like myself, or like me and Amr and then maybe Ashley? What 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 are we to do when his songs come up on our Spotify, on our playlist? And you know, I've I've been listening to him for uh, over over a decade now, probably closer to two decades, and I think it would be a miss for us to just hop on the bandwagon of hating on him and just say that's that and not take it a step further go deeper into well what is this tension i feel as an individual music listener listening to 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 an artist that is quote unquote canceled or problematic or culturally appropriative and i still enjoy it i know the lyrics. It's part of my life. So I'm hoping y'all can help to break this down and kind of identify what's, what are different feelings that come up in the moment as we hear songs by, you know, Jay Park is one example, but I'm thinking in American music, Chris Brown, R. Kelly, Michael Jackson. What is coming up emotionally? Or like, what, where does our mind
2: go? when a song from one of those artists comes up it comes down to individual responsibility we're talking about ethical consumption and whether that's even an actual thing yeah so
0: so yeah to to that point when you're you're alone in your car or in mm-hmm. your home and a song by one of these artists comes on
2: what do you feel and what do you do for instances of when that happens and more often than not it doesn't because mm-hmm. once I draw a line in the sand with something, that's the end of it. Yeah. Mm. So in this case and what I was Trying to curtail. Basically, when it comes to ethical consumption, you are looking at individual choice. Bandwagon is to jump on and just be like, oh my gosh, everyone else feels this way, so et tu, Brutus. But (laughs) when it comes to this, when you're looking at ethics for absolute layman's terms, the easiest way of explaining it, ethics has everything to do with what personally makes you feel good, bad, or indifferent. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with your familial surroundings. It has absolutely nothing to do with religion or spiritual choices. It's all about what works for you as an individual person. So for Jay Park or others in that matter, like g Idol for a moment mm-hmm. with their ethnic hip-hop moment, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, younger Ashley... I would totally feel different about it because I was known for being a, a spearheader of the cultural misappropriation conversations in mm. this this whole space. Mid thirties, Ashley. <laughs> mm, late thirties, Ashley's. I'm not indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not indifferent at this point. Sure. I just choose to fight a different fight. Mm. I most certainly want you to acknowledge where your influences came from. I have. You have to. But you also have to take in the nuance that the things that my Black American culture influences and or gets bit about, there's no realm of entertainment where it's not it's not cultivated in a different way. So I can't minimize saying that Jay Park didn't create mainstream hip-hop there. He did. I can't say he didn't create hip-hop. But I also can say he didn't create hip-hop in Korea because there was epic high and there was dynamic duo and people who came well before him who passed the torch along to him. So at this point in in my life, when these things do come up, I do let the nostalgia of like, oh, wow, Jay Park, I used to rock with some of your songs. And then I turn it off. Chris Mm -hmm. Brown, for a moment, things pre-damaging choices I loved his album exclusive. You Mm -hmm. could not tell me that album was not a non-skip album. (laughs) But I don't cater to letting my dollar further move him forward, especially for... um, Robert, and that's about as far as I'll say for him. <laughs> <Robert>. <laughs> but you also have Robert. to take into consideration when you get angry in these ways or when you get um personally ignited in these ways because we have burned the hell out of the word woke. Mm. When you're personally ignited in these ways, your dollar only goes so far, baby. Mm. So Jay Park is still established at Jay Park, a financially capable entertainer who Mm -hmm. don't need my 10 American dollars to still Mm -hmm. be richer than I ever am. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's all about your personal choice. It's all about your personal integrity in making these decisions to divide yourself from these things or to continue to consume them either publicly or privately.
1: Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. I think the heart of it is... What it means for you personally. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's so little that listening is really going to affect their bottom line. So I'm definitely in the camp that uh, voting with your dollar is just like not a thing. Like when you stream a song, it's like less than 1% of one penny or something Mm -hmm. that it actually affects what uh, anybody receives off of that. So it's not about voting with your dollar. It's kind of about, yeah, like what comes up for you when those come up. And like for me, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm not proud of <laughs> Jay Park and his actions. I'm still a fan of his music. The music is still good, and I like listening to it. But like I wouldn't defend him or anything if someone was <laughs> like, "Hey, you know, but let's argue about what he did or didn't do." And to me, it's like it doesn't it doesn't matter. And honestly, the way I kind of see it is like Jay Park He was appropriating way before he got called out for it. And honestly, most of these celebrities, most of these idols, pretty much anybody who is like a public figure, like we all have skeletons in our closet. I'm not like expecting any of these famous people or like even like talented artists to be morally upstanding. Like, I just don't care. (laughs) Like, just because they haven't had a scandal about them doesn't mean I think that their music is like... Ethically cleaner.
0: Mm. It's
1: the same with companies. It's like I don't really distinguish between brands because it's it's not even like wh- when they there's a scandal or whatever about a brand. It's like the way that this these products get produced is exploitative, like period point blank. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's K-pop or if it's like which phone you want to buy or which car or whatever, or which brand of cereal, like All this stuff is made in an exploitative way, in like a racially exploitative way, in a gender exploitative way, in an environmentally exploitative way. So whether or not there's a like high profile, like moral scandal or not, to me is kind of irrelevant. There isn't really any products that are like ethically clean. It's just like at this point, it's what I need to like either survive or get by. And like entertainment is one of those things that really helps make uh, Lick living under this kind of system bearable. And so for me, it's like, OK, if I hear R. Kelly playing or Jay Park or something like that, there are a couple songs. There are a couple times when it's just like, OK, I really don't want to have my mood interrupted by whatever the high profile scandal is. But for the most part, it's just like okay, yeah. Uh, yet, yet another person in power who has abused their power or exploited other people. You know, whoop dee woo
3: You're <laughs> and, over uh, it.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I have like kind of like Ashley said, like way more important things to worry about, like other fights to fight that I think are just more important to me personally than worrying about voting with my dollar.
2: And we want to be careful with that, too, because when we're taking into consideration younger, more impressionable listeners, Mm -hmm. we've got a generation underneath us who are fired up, super fired up, Mm -hmm. living in a constant environment of seeing exploitation after exploitation. So they got a lot to say and we don't want to come off as. Oh, baby, I don't care. Because we Mm -hmm. do care, but the fight can change. The fight and the way that you approach it can certainly change as you age and as you experience more of life. So we're not diminishing, listeners, not in any way. If you are still personally riled up Mm and you still Mm -hmm. feel like these are things that need to be called out and whatnot, we are blown away by your empowerment and that, and we stand in solidarity with you, but we might not open our mouths at this time. And silence is not always an implication of compliance. Sometimes there's just louder people at the forefront for certain things. So... I definitely want to make sure that we don't not mm-hmm. acknowledge that because yeah, it yeah. takes only a yeah. quick instance for someone to run off and be like, "Oh, I heard G Dragon <laughs> say," and that's not what this man is saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, hell yeah! No, if you're, you should be mad. Like,
2: <laughs> right? If, if you you're, if you're be. upset
1: at this exploitation, you—that's good thing. Like, yeah. And if you're, yeah, like, uh, like you said, if they're, if you're fired up enough. To wanna yeah go out and fight that fight, like go for it. Like one, absolutely, it needs to be done, and two, you're, you'll it'll help you learn. You know to discern like how these companies react when they get called out. How these idols react when they get called out. I think it for me as the for, like someone who did that a lot. <laughs> I am like mm-hmm. literally that former uh, younger labor generation. organizer. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: know that, and it's it, like I learned a ton from pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, so yeah, well, and, and I, I might no add that the
0: the way the way you were pushing was not just like you yourself as an individual mm-hmm. going out there and saying this is wrong. Like you were using. The collective power in numbers to take, mm-hmm. what, hundreds if not thousands of workers out on strike mm-hmm. to create crisis for a company and affect change that way. That's very mm-hmm. different from individuals, like, turning off a song when it comes on, on their Spotify, mm-hmm, like, I'm mm-hmm. making change yes. that way.
3: Yes. Right. Like, oh,
0: you, you, if you actually trying to make change, then you need to play on the field. Like, you need to get out there and do collective action, strike. There's, like, bigger things you need to get involved in if you're actually trying to to win and move the needle on these issues. That's why what I'm hearing kind of echoes or shadows of from both of your comments is, uh, I think it was Karl Marx who said, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. Mm. We are living under a capitalist system, so... That means all of the products, all of the businesses, all of the music, like Amr was saying, like there's no escape. There's no, there's nowhere we can go in this system to feel morally pure and Mm -hmm. clean. We're just like covered in the muck. We're in the, we're in the dirt. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. So, how do do we make the, how do we make the best of it and not kill ourselves trying to be super woke? As Ashley Mm -hmm. mentioned, that's the question.
2: Ooh, that's a heck of a question. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: my name. <laughs> kind of rhetorical, but, but but we're we're in it right now, right? I think I, I want to come back around to, Ashley, you, you put it so beautifully, what matters to you personally as an individual? Like, how can you meet yourself where you're at? Okay, that song came on, that Jay Park song came on that you was like popping it to a few years ago, but now... There's like a tension that comes up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Why why you want to listen and be mad? Turn it off. Mm-hmm. You know what? <laughs> or, or like you you really like it and you're like, dang, what would other people think of me? You're alone. You like it. So meet yourself where you're at. Be kind and compassionate to yourself. <laughs> if that's where you at and you want to dance to it, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, who who are you out to impress? Are we seeking to have integrity, which is being in line with ourself? Or are we seeking to avoid criticism from the the mob online or or like external sources? Like are Ooh. we do we want to do the right thing by ourself or avoid criticism? Those are that's different. Mm-hmm.
2: Very different and To some extent, one of it is inescapable. I've been Mm -hmm. telling people for the past week, one thing that I saw on the internet, totally put a saying I've heard my entire life on its neck. We have heard, misery loves company. We've heard, misery loves company. (laughs) I have never heard, misery demands company Mm. until last week. And it Mm. rocked my world. (laughs) So... You can choose to be miserable. You absolutely can. If you take... I'm taking some things that are Mm -hmm. not necessarily music-related, but they do track. If you think about the seven habits of highly effective people, you're learning about your own individual weather. You can be the source of your own rain cloud. You can choose to find an <laughs> uh, overcast day. It can be sunny. You are 100% in control of that. So when you take that personal ignited moment, ooh, this pissed me off to no end, mm. you can first, before you run a social media... Or run to your <laughs> friend circle. What? what? Find Oops, a I way to find it. out. <laughs> why, yeah. Why are you pissed off about this? Yes. Why is it impacting you the way that it is? What can you do mm. about it before yes. you start a whole nother conversation that's already going on? Over again, we have exhausted this whole mindset of, we need to have a conversation. Because oh, has been going on. The don't get been going on. on. What mm-hmm. are you doing? We to don't need another con- conversation. We don't yes. need any really more conversations. Yes. We need action. Yes. We need Thank action.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So either your action is going to be, let me go ahead and unite with other people who have the same mindset as me. And then possibly, I don't know, Google something online to find out who speaks Korean. Mm, oh, this right. company <laughs> called Wonderfully. I could write this letter about all of us as a coalition of people who consume this content and send sure. it to them for translation who can get it to the business. Talk An effort it. has been made mm-hmm. versus me hollering and shouting on social media. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm known for doing it. Right. But <laughs> I'm known for it. doing it. So saw you but on Twitter I last week. Last <laughs> yes, yes. But when I do it, when I make those threads on Twitter or when I make those Instagram posts and whatnot, I have substance behind it. I don't have just my anger. I have source material to help you continue moving forward to make an informed decision about what you want to do next. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you 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 I don't I don't want to be in the demand of misery's desires. Mm -hmm. So I choose to separate myself from certain things and it doesn't keep me out of the loop or if it does to an extent, it's a breath of fresh air. Hell yeah. Because you can get sucked in so deeply in mm-hmm. all of this when you really showed up for the K-dramas or for the beauty mm-hmm. of the videos mm-hmm. and the dances yeah. and how the music yeah. sounded interesting to you. Which is a, a product. You, which is yeah. a product. Not a yes. person, not a human being. Not yeah. at all. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's um, really important. I I think one of the things that I like to go back to is like this... I think a lot of the energy behind okay, well, if if an artist or a product or something does something that uh, is straight up, you know, race racist or sexist or whatever, then we got to call it out. And then if we shame the company, if we're loud enough, then they'll fix it. A lot of that, I think, comes back to kind of just. I know I, I'm I'm talking about myself too. Is thinking that okay? There's a right way to do this thing. There's a right way to do capitalism to make products that doesn't exploit people, that isn't racist, <laughs> that isn't sexist. Number one, that's like one of the things. And then number two is like, if something comes across like that to you and you're really angry, one, listen to your body because there probably is a good reason that you're angry about it, but-
0: Yeah, it's probably triggering something for you.
1: Exactly. Which is okay and Where normal. is that coming from, yes, right? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. why is it? why is it upsetting you? Probably you had an experience that was- either negative or traumatizing around that particular behavior or that particular thing that, uh, honestly you can't like, there's nothing wrong with being angry at the product and being angry at the company. Like I said, that's healthy, <laughs> but at the same time, they don't care about you and they never will. They just don't. It doesn't even from someone who's done a lot of power and numbers organizing, there's no amount of power in numbers really that any one person or group can build to actually challenge the power of like Hybe or the Korean government or the U.S. government or any of these companies. And so if you need healing.
0: At best, you're going to get a a superficial PR-focused solution, an an apology letter, and then they go back in the shadows and do what they were doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the Roe v. Wade thing is really useful, Uh, right? Because there was a lot, there was enough power to actually get that instituted. But they're always waiting to repeal it. They're always uh. waiting to go backwards. Always. Yes. That fight never ends. <laughs> so if you need healing, like if something like that is making you angry, one, listen to that anger. We tend to suppress it. But two, listen to where does it come from? Because usually it comes from a sad place. And like listening to your body and being like, oh, I've had, like for me, it like it was like an avalanche when I started unpacking like why the ways I was being treated and the things I was seeing in the media were making me so angry and the way the workplace work was making me so angry is there's, I have a lifetime of experiences of, you know, being treated uh, in a racist way, being dismissed, being made to be small, you know, being gaslit, et cetera. And now I uh, for me, it's so much more helpful to like, hold myself and like be compassionate to my body when I am triggered in those ways, listening to a song or watching a show or whatever, than to like try to, yeah, demand company to, for my misery, <laughs> as Ashley was saying, and like kind of externalize like, oh, well, I can I want someone else to solve this problem for me. I want the, to get the company to just fix what it's doing or the artist to just fix what they're doing. I want them to feel hurt because I'm hurt. And uh, there's nothing, like I said, it's not wrong to feel that way because your anger a lot of times can be justified But and you feel what you feel, but you really want to hold compassion for yourself and like heal like where that's coming from. That's not going to make what they're doing okay. I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying like, oh, it's fine for them to continue to culturally appropriate because I'm holding space for myself. But it should, like, at least for me, it's helps me not, like, invest emotionally into, okay, well, I need this social media campaign to work out. Or I need people to see my tweet and retweet it and get mad with me. Because that's ultimately, it's not actually healing the, the, root, the root issue or the core trigger.
0: I wanted to touch on good old appropriation versus appreciation. And how that connects into this. I don't know when people started saying that. Like, they're not appropriating. They appreciate Black culture. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you could basically apply that. They're appreciating to whichever artist you like and enjoy. It's like, oh, no, BTS is appreciating. Oh, no, well, Jay Park appreciating. But, yeah, whoever does cornrows in their head, no, they're appropriating. And I'm like, what's, what's happening there? Because I really want us to be able to sit in the discomfort. And I'm talking to my Black people, especially. I want us to sit in the discomfort of knowing that all of this Korean hip-hop, Korean R&B, Korean pop is, like, stealing and appropriating from Black culture That they are gleefully skimming off the superficial top of just like swag aesthetic (laughs) and are performing it and feeding it back to us and we are enjoying it, right? And all all of the, the shame, discomfort or like mixed feelings that come with that, we need to just own it and sit with it versus trying to distance ourselves from... The harm mm. that comes from that extraction, like, oh no, I'm not a part of that. I only listen to clean or like appreciating art. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> I love my Hell people, and yeah. I'm talking about myself. I'm talking to myself, you know, listening to Jesse, listening to
3: mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Queen Wasabi, like all of these examples that are just. If you just like zoom out for a second and stop twerking. <laughs>
2: screaming Be like, Wait a screaming minute.
0: <laughs> my eyes got so big they are feeding this back to me mm-hmm. so i i i just wanted to like loop that into and maybe bring it bring it all the
2: way home mm. how nerdy can i get with this go for it yeah go for it <laughs> as a disclaimer listeners no i am not some i'm not some made-up authority in this. <laughs> I just, I just want to put that out there. Who is? Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, that's a conversation for another podcast. Paris. Mm. Mm-hmm. When you asked, Stephanie, about when did we come up with, it's not cultural appropriation, it's appreciation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a lot of harm using the wrong terminology. Mm. We really have. Appropriation... Which actually is misappropriation, which I learned in graduate school. (laughs) Okay, okay. All right, there are four categories of this. Oh. And that's where we have difficulty. The categories are exchange, which is that appreciation we like to throw out there because it rhymes. Mm -hmm. Dominance, when you Mm. are snuffing out the culture of another, that leads to assimilation. Yep. Yep. Exploitation, Mm -hmm. which is what we've seen in various entertainment sectors around the world, and Mm -hmm. transculturation. Mm -hmm. What we've seen Jay Park do is actually transculturation. It's not misappropriation. He has literally taken one culture that he experienced as a U.S. citizen and converged it with another it's not always about where you were born, but about what you've been Mm -hmm. cultivated in. Mm -hmm. So what Mm -hmm. he has brought to the scene over there is transculturation and it's exploded and it's awesome to see how it's impacted other things because hip hop is a way of life, although it came from Black America because it was born here, but it has Mm -hmm. most certainly evolved over the decades that it's existed. So that's what he's done, but we don't know that word. We know misappropriation. Mm-hmm. We know you you biting our our style, our swag, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, when we start to look at these four different categories, it can make the fight a little bit easier to see where and when you want to jump in. Yeah, you can't what are we get talking mad about? At someone like Ailey, who has no issue acknowledging the black mm-hmm. and other influences on her stylistics, performances, and everything. That's a cultural exchange. You can grind your teeth at hearing one time's debut album Uh and hearing the (laughs) N-word dropped on it. That's cultural exploitation. You can get angry at things getting snuffed out and saying that this is not what's going on and everything ain't about y'all black people in the United States. Mm. That's cultural dominance. Mm.
3: So when you have
2: the knowledge, when you have the vocabulary, then you can handle it a little bit differently. And you can pick and choose where you want to step in because you have the understanding of what those differences are. But beyond this conversation, I can guarantee a lot of people have never heard that there was four categories. Mm
0: -mm.
1: (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm.
0: No,
2: yeah, I learned some today Thank you, there you go
1: (laughs) Yeah, I like the appropriation Versus appreciation conversation Because like when I hear appreciation I basically hear another way To like basically launder The guilt that people feel Mm. From listening to something That is exploitative Mm. Or appropriative Mm. And uh, I think the core The core like problem From my perspective Is that we live in a economic system in a world in a worldview right that is white supremacist, it's capitalist, it intentionally like it needs the black like identity to be the opposite of the white identity. it needs it to be the lazy one and the dirty one and all these things so that like other people can feel clean and can feel like they work hard and and they're beautiful and things like that. And so we kind of know that. We know that emotionally. We know that spiritually in our bones, even though we're taught all these things to try to suppress it. And it comes out though. It comes out when there's something, some kind of scandal, like the N-word getting dropped or with Jay Park or et cetera, et cetera. And so I think what happens is those moments are super emotionally charged, super emotionally charged. And it's way easier to look for like, like those mini escapes like voting with my dollar or like, well, let me just find who's appreciative versus who's appropriative. And if I if I do let these me little find things. find who
0: is not wearing cornrows in their music video, it's yeah. actually quite
2: hard to find some <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yo, if you go to certain yeah. areas of New York and you do karaoke yeah. in Koreatown, the mm-hmm. owner very well mm-hmm. might have oh box my God. grades. So <laughs> Right. And they and
1: like you were saying, sometimes people come up in that culture. Like I I yeah. know I have a lot of friends. I have an Indian friend and a, an East Asian friend who came up, like, you know, around black culture. They don't say the N-word, but, like, you know, they have a lot of the other mannerisms and way of dress and things like that. And, uh yeah, and I think the what kind of happens is we want to feel like we're not part of the problem. let yes, dis- distance <laughs> we're ourselves one of the good from guys.
0: it. We're good. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I don't associate with that.
1: Yeah. I think that's where a Except lot of Except when this, you listen um, in
0: private. Oop.
1: let's just bring it out it might be obvious like where i'm going with this but like yeah as long as this as as long as like um you know masculinity male superiority white superiority and capitalism stay in place then there's no escape like there's no way you're going to like ethically consume where it's not going to be built off of like the exploitation, imprisonment and killing of like marginalized people. And in, I think one of the things that helped me that I would encourage our listeners to do is instead of looking for like another capitalist way to like absolve your conscience by voting with your dollar, try to think about and try to sit with and like emotionally process like, okay, I'm not going to be able to absolve my guilt that way of how these products are exploitative so instead like let me sit with like the discomfort of the fact that you know the I don't have the power as an individual to just to do that to make the changes necessary to actually free the people who are being exploited by the system and look for kind of what we were saying in the beginning like individually then what does it mean to you what is that guilt Mean to you the weight of that guilt? What are the behaviors that it is like causing you to kind of lean towards or continue to go to?
0: Can I instead jump of fa- in here
1: facing it? Yeah, go for it.
0: I think a few times in the conversation, we've recommended that our listeners sit with discomfort, sit with possibly painful or triggering thoughts and feelings, and I want to just like disclaimer or um, suggest. That while just sitting with it can be enough, like this is also something that can be really tender and need holding by Mm. a friend or family member or therapist, mental health professional. Mm. Like if you're feeling really strong emotions in your body, it can be good to have some kind of practice or technique in your toolbox to breathe as those feelings are coming up, to move your body, move energy out of it. Like there's a ton of healing therapies online or like talk to your therapist or coach about it. But yeah, like us suggesting that you sit with discomfort, like that's not fun. It can be really Mm -hmm. painful and unpleasant, but there's, there's ways to make it easier. I guess, and like I would love to talk about that with listeners. So join our Slack and uh, continue <laughs> the discussion. Like I think all of us on on the show today have picked up cool techniques and tools and all of that. And and what happens when you sit with something uncomfortable? When you let it move through you? When you get curious and ask those questions that Amr was mentioning? then the the feeling it doesn't last forever it actually does move through you and get processed and get released eventually which is so cool and so exciting and you can be left with possibly a sense of of peace a sense of gratitude a sense of mm. like oh wow okay I'm still alive.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. And I can move forward now. So that's that's I think the the goal of what we're talking about here. Instead of feeling an intense emotion and like I need to act on it. I need to tweet. I need to mm-hmm. skip the song. I need to feel better. I need to feel powerful again. I need to go numb it somehow. Actually sitting with it can allow you to process and understand that emotion, that memory, that trauma, whatever it is and and move through it. So that's that's what we're suggesting. hell yeah. yeah. So on on that note, I think we can wrap here and you know, to, to be continued, right? There's like so many juicy threads to <laughs> pursue in the conversation about ethical consumption. But really, you know, at the end of the day, thank you so much, Ashley, for joining us. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Thank you. Thank you.
2: (laughs) I get to be nerdy and talk about music. Yeah, I love it. You're like, how nerdy can
0: I get? Like, go in. (laughs) On the K-pop cast, man, go all the way. I
1: learned a lot. Yeah, I learned a lot from that.
0: Yes. So, Ashley, where can we find you online? Like, I know it's a time of transitions, new chapters for you. What's going
2: on? Oh, yeah, Um, I am pivoting fully to simply doing the podcast giving people uh, music history, moving hey. forward, nothing else. <laughs> yes. So the hey. names of Multifaceted ACG are coming to an end. It'll just simply be Ashley. So Aww. I am still, for now, able to be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the handle multifaceted ACG. That's M-U-L-T-I-F-A-C-E-T-E-D-A-C-G. And you can always keep up with my K-pop content at a3daypodcast.com, and that's the number three. So you can listen to an album a day as I traverse 30 years of Korean pop album discography history. 30 Damn. years. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. This is my evergreen
0: content. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. No, that's so epic. Every time I think about it. <laughs> they yeah, were doing yeah. doing the Lord's work here. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so y'all can find me online at Sparker 2 on Twitter.
1: You can find me at The K-Pop Cast Slack, and you can tweet all of us at The K-Pop Cast on Twitter.
0: Yay! All right, thanks again, Ashley. And we'll catch y'all next time.